Welcome to the SBI show. And on behalf of all Americans, I would personally like to tell Mexico, you're welcome. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarcep. How's everything up in Portland, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, absolutely crazy night in World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF. And I never, it, it was bizarre world because I never thought I would see the day where Mexican fans would be praying and rooting for the United States and U.S. fans would be hoping that the United States loses. Crazy stuff, but in the end, the Americans took care of business as they do. They won, they finished top of the group, record amount of points, and they saved Mexico. Yeah, Mexico right now in the fourth spot in the region, which means they're going to have to play New Zealand, the winner of Oceania. Uh, uh, the conference out there, conference, hor- horrible uh, region, excuse me, uh, on November 20th in a home-and-home home away. But like you said, Ivis USA with seven wins, 22 points. It's actually their most, like, the last qualifying in 2005, they had seven wins and 22 points. But, I mean, when you talk about just the excitement of it, it's funny, too, because you mentioned that, that, that fraction of fans. I found that interesting that there were some people out there that were like, oh, man, the U.S. should should let Panama defeat them so we can knock out Mexico. I gotta disagree with that, man. I, I was uh, I was a little shocked to see that there were some fans out there like that. Well, you know, look. To be fair, there's a lot of hate there, built up over years, and, and it's because of the way Mexican fans have been toward the U.S. Right? I mean, it, it, it it's not out of nowhere. So I, I think there were some fans that were conflicted, and I can understand that. But at the end of the day, what it boils down to, this U.S. team. Once again, showing heart, determination, and quality when it mattered. And the, 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 the best thing to sum it up is the Mexican media, upon hearing about the U.S. goals that saved Mexico, they could not stop praising the U.S. Mm-hmm. and they could not stop bashing El Tree. They crushed the Mexican national team. And basically, to sum it up for you, the, the the message being the message coming out of Mexico from the media and probably from the fans is, why can't you have some balls and some heart <laughs> and some heart like the like the Americans? Why can't you fight for the shirt like the Americans? And you know what? They have a point because when it came down to it. Mexico had games that they had to have and they didn't deliver. They needed to get a win against Honduras in Azteca. They couldn't get it. They needed to at least get a draw against Costa Rica, a Costa Rica team that had already qualified, and they couldn't get it. They laid an egg. They got beat. They finished the hex with two wins. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they're in is because the U.S. stepped up yet again. Also, the rules of CONCACAF, especially for World Cup qualifying, it's one of the most forgiving uh, ones in, in the world. I mean, you look at some of the other tougher ones, like Africa's difficult, Europe's difficult, but, um, I guess when you look at this game, though, know, the U.S., they kind of a forgettable first half, but, but the thing that was impressive is they continued to improve as the game went on and really started to come together in the second half. And then once again, Jurgen Klinsman goes to his bench and brings on Brad Davis, who sets up the opening goal to Roscoe and then delivered on the Graham Zuzi goal. I mean, I guess you talk about an opportunity. Brad Davis stepped up and took full advantage of it he had a great game no doubt about it he was our you know he was sbi man of the match uh but look let's not paint this totally rosy picture the u.s the u.s did not play well point blank 90 minutes over the course of 90 minutes it was not a pretty game not not a not not the best display of quality ever they played badly for long stretches but at the end of the day Mex- uh, panama did not uh uh put them away panama did not take advantage when they had the run of the play when they had the advantage when the u.s was struggling and then in the second half, 
you know, they get the go-ahead goal, Luis Tejada. He steps in there. He scores that go-ahead goal in, in late in the match, 83rd minute. And you're thinking, okay, Mexico is about to miss the World Cup. And it was it, it, that. La- and I tell you what, the nine minutes, the eight or nine minutes mm-hmm. between Luis Tejada, Luis Tejada's goal and Michael Orozco's equalizer were like the longest nine minutes ever because it, in that time, you're realizing the unthinkable could happen and Mexico could miss the World Cup. They haven't failed to qualify since 1982, right? And I mean, they they're just a staple of the World Cup, and it was just shocking. But but you know, credit to again, credit to the U.S. The and, and you know what, the, the American players weren't out there trying to help Mexico. They were out there trying to impress. They were out there trying yeah. to show Klinsmen that they deserve to keep getting called up. They deserve to maybe get a look in November or January or March. At some point, they deserve to keep coming back, and they play like it. They play like guys. They play like players that want to be in Brazil. The competition is fierce. The depth is impressive. And you had some guys really step up. Brad Davis stepped up. Graham Zussi, Michael Orozco, Aaron Johansson. All these guys stepped up late in the match when they needed it. And uh, you have to give them a ton, a ton of credit. I will say this. I kind of feel bad for Panama. And you know what? At the end of the day, they didn't get the job done. They got eight points. They have no one else to blame. But, you know, this Panama team, this this generation of, of their, their golden generation, uh, the U.S. has kind of been the thorn in their side. You know, if not for the U.S. Not, uh, beating them in the Gold Cup five straight times, I mean, who knows, you know, how many you know championships maybe Panama this Panama group would have. And I thought this was going to be their moment. Uh, you know, when Luis Tejada scores that goal, you think mm-hmm. Panama's going to finally get over the hump. They're finally going to get it done. But they caved. They caved, and they caved because the U.S. kept putting the pressure on. And that's a, it's a trait that the uh, the U.S. team has had over the years. And I know Klinsman tonight talked about, you know, his background and his German upbringing. You, you played the final whistle, and it's like – That's uh, great. You, uh, yeah, it's great, but it's uh, – hey, Jurgen, uh, playing to the final whistle, yeah, that's kind of – you know, it's an American thing. We, we know about that. That's – you didn't you didn't bring that over <laughs> and, like, you know, you didn't, like, show – you know, this is – we know about we know about that over here. So you know what? Credit to the U.S. They they got it done. And Mexico, man, there. How do you how are you not embarrassed if you're a Mexican player? And he, and and you and you got that after their match. Rafa Marquez said it is embarrassing to qualify this way. And and I know people are killing him for saying exactly that. But you know he means qualify as in at getting to the next stage, which is the playoff. Now they're going to play New Zealand in two legs. They should beat New Zealand. New Zealand. This New Zealand team is not. The New Zealand team that recorded three ties in the 2010 World Cup. This team, this New Zealand team, not as good. However, the way Mexico's playing right now, you, you don't. I, I wouldn't bet on them against anybody. They're playing. They have no. They're showing no confidence. Chicharito is shattered. Chicharito has his confidence could not be lower. Just as his confidence was sky high when he first got to Man United and he couldn't stop scoring, mm-hmm. and he was leading El Tri to to all, all sorts of success. His confidence is gone and he missed another big chance today uh and, and you know what it's time to bench him you know not to get too much into mexico but their their team is a mess and i you know what they should beat new zealand but i i don't know man it wouldn't shock me if they end up losing to them well it just makes them even more difficult for them having to travel to new zealand with all that but getting back to the u.s men's national team it's 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 like what you mentioned with, with brad davis it's not like he's going to dribble down the wing and say oh man i i should purposely kick this ball out of bounds so we can't score 
to you know screw over Mexico. I mean, dude, like it's like you said. I mean, it's like what Jurgen said too. You play to win the game. But when you look at kind of the overall team as a whole, like you said, some guys stepped up. Aaron Johansson, Brad Davis. I thought Clarence Goodson had a very good game in the back. I mean, he's very good at distribution. We saw that once again in this game. Attack space very well. I thought we saw some some shaky moments from guys like uh, Edgar Castillo, Alejandro Bedoya right back, even though he has played that not recently. Um, so some guys, I guess they 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 didn't have a they didn't step up like like I guess maybe we were hoping, but but I mean we kind of expected that out of like a guy like Edgar Castillo though. Listen, you're not gonna ever get eleven guys all having great games on the road in a hostile environment in in rainy conditions against a desperate team. Not everyone not everyone's gonna come through. What you want to see is a few. You want to see a few guys take advantage of the opportunity. You want to see the cream rise to the top. Take Edgar Castillo. No one should be shocked if he's going to have his moments where he has shockers defensively. He'll tell you himself, as we've said a million times, he will admit himself he's not a defender. He's not a good defender. He, what he can do is get forward in the attack and, and give you some things going forward. Uh, to be fair, tonight he did save a goal off the line that kept the U.S. Uh, you know from going down uh, multiple goals, so credit credit for that. Uh, but, yes, no, there were some guys who didn't didn't make the most of it. Mixed this screwed. I didn't, I, I didn't think he had the best night. Uh, but I still like the progress that he's made as a player. Um, you know, Bedoya, I still think he, he's moving in the right direction. I, I would never play him at right back. I don't care what he's doing or not. I would keep him in the midfield. Uh, but, you know what, it, I, for me, I, I take more positives away than negatives, you know. I, I, there, I, I just thought as much as, yes, the game was ugly, as you might have expected it to be, but I just seeing guys step up like a Michael Orozco. You know, he struggled against Costa Rica. Playing it right back, I thought he struggled. I know Jurgen Klinsmann said he did. You know he didn't think he did that badly, and he wasn't to blame for any of the goals. And you know that might be fair, but he struggled. There's no doubt about it. For me, he's more center back than right back, and I think tonight, you know, I th- you know, I thought he did pretty well there. And Ivis, when you talk about positives, the U.S. since Germany is 15 and one. The team wins here. All these players go back to their club. Things are positive. When they reorganize next uh, month in November for the games in Europe against Scotland and Austria, I mean, things are going to be good. Things are going to be vibing, and this is going to be important for the U.S. men's national team to keep winning so they can carry the momentum going into next year's World Cup. Well, you know, it, it's tough to say that it's a momentum builder, but I think it's a what I think it is is a confidence builder. I think you have some guys who now have been in an, an opportunity, they've been in a situation, hostile environment, on the road, adverse conditions, and they and they've, and they thrived in that environment. And that helps build confidence. It also it gives you experience, but it also it boosts your confidence. Aaron Johansson, perfect example. Here's a, here's a kid, player, young player. He struggled in his, in his first start uh, against Jamaica. And when I say struggled, he, he created chances. He moved well. He did well. But when I say struggled, I meant he pressed – he he took some chances poorly that he would normally finish, and and, and you know he didn't play to his best his his maximum ability, uh, but again he needs experience and now here he goes his second game he gets on the field he didn't start which I know some people might have been surprised by, but I thought it was very smart uh, by Jurgen Klinsmann because you knew you knew Panama would come out strong you knew they'd have the, the first half they'd really look to take it to the U.S. so he trots out a four two three one. He wants to put numbers in the midfield to kind of keep control of things, try to control things, and bring in Johansson as a sub in the second half uh, to either help them chase an equalizer or help them uh, burn uh, Panama as they threw numbers forward. And he did that. He did well. He got a finish. He got that first that first goal, that first U.S. goal, and now he can carry that over. Now in November, 
if you, you you figure he'll get a call up for the friendlies in November, and now we're talking going into 2014. So yeah, there there is a case, there is some case for momentum, but I just think the experience and the confidence that they gather from this game is going to help uh, a lot of these guys. Well, I think without a doubt, Aaron Johansson impressed over these two matches. I saw I thought some other guys, Sasha Kleshin, I thought he impressed pretty well. I thought Mix Discrew did a good job. Uh, Jeff Cameron, uh, uh, also Clarence Goodson showed well at center back. I mean, other than those guys, who do you think? had a impressive two-game run for the U.S. men's national team. Well, thanks, Garrett. Yeah, you didn't leave me much there to, to go from. You're like, oh, uh, aside from these nine guys, who else did it? Who else impressed you? <laughs> uh, um, well, you can say Graham Zuzzi, maybe. Right. All right. Let's go through. Let's go up and down. Right. Let's go. Let's go forward. Right. Forward. Aaron Hanson. You have to. You have to like what what he showed you in in, in this, especially in these two games. Midfield. Uh, I think Mitch Discrude. I agree. I thought he did well. I thought, you know, given the opportunities, he showed some good qualities. And for me, he showed real confidence. Mm-hmm. He showed he showed the qualities of a player who is comfortable in whatever role he's put in, right? I mean, he whether he's put in as a, a, a sub off the bench uh, to try to make an impact or he's put in as a starter, he looks comfortable. He's gaining confidence. It's so clear. And he's such a smooth player. You know, just remembering him from the U23s, qualities that he brought there. When he's confident, when he's comfortable, he can be such a good player. He can be such uh, a smooth player, unique player that you know that that brings a different certain qualities that they're right now. And uh, I don't know of another player who brings that that kind of <laughs> no pen intended, but that kind of mix of quality. Um, so he's one that I thought I think you know stands out. Bedoya, obviously, over the course of the hex. His his stock has risen significantly. You know these games. Did he have did he have great games in October? Not so much, but you know what? I think he's he's heading in a good direction. Um, defensively, you saw you know you saw several guys step up. Cameron obviously in in, in the game mm-hmm. before. Brad Evans, I think, is looking like a right back. Uh, I you know am I. Do I think he's going to be the guy in Brazil? I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But he he's looking better. He's looking comfortable. Uh, and, and it's not it's not a case of you watch him and you say, man, he does not look like a right back. He does look like a right back. Bedoya, we saw tonight what a guy who doesn't look like a full right back looks like. That was Bedoya. Bedoya looked like a midfielder thrown at right back. Brad David, uh, Brad Evans looks like a guy who's really kind of figuring out the position. So I think that's a positive. And Brad well. Evans, and Brad Evans showed over these last two games he can keep up with the speedier guys. I mean, he did get beat a couple of times, but he also had timely tackles. He, he played well off the ball. He, he did well. I mean, and, and the other thing too, Ivis, what we've seen lacking out of Evans is he contribute more to the attack in these two matches, and that's something that Jurgen really wants. Uh, I think I know what's going on here. Uh, you're, you're heaping all all the praise on Brad Evans. Wait, where's he from again? <laughs> oh my God, oh, that that is okay. ridiculous. Uh, we're on, wait, no, wait, I don't. That's ri- that is ridiculous. What, what's the bio? Hold on. <laughs> Where, where's he from oh. again? Okay, listen. Look, all, all kidding aside, he he he's gotten better. And you know what? He's a smart player. He's a smart player. So you, and that the thing, his the re, he's versatile not just because he's skilled, but because he's smart. Because he can understand. What a position needs, what what you need to be able to focus on in, in in any position you're put in. So he's taken that right position. He's really attacked it. He's really tried to 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 understand what he needs to work on. And is he a speedster? No, he doesn't have DeAndre Yedlin's wheels. But what he has is a soccer brain that puts him in good positions and keeps him from getting exposed. And and I think he, with each game, he's gaining confidence. And it's clear. Klinsman keeps throwing him out there. Klinsman wants him to get these reps because he sees that. He sees that that progression. 
and and you you'd like to think that if he can you know keep getting games between now and Brazil, if Chirundolo, if Steve Chirundolo can't come all the way back, if he can't make it all the way back, Brad Evans, you know by then you'd like to think he's got enough games under his belt that he can be a really good option in Brazil. In the rest of the region, the other games are all going on at the same time, which made it really exciting. All like all the highlights and goals. I mean, U.S. I think Costa Rica I think scored like the same time twice at, at both times. But uh, Honduras and Jamaica they played to a two to two draw. That game had no impact on the rest of the region as far as other games. Uh, and the other game that did have a huge impact: Costa Rica, Mexico. Costa Rica was at home and they defeated Mexico two to one. And you know, Costa. I was I for me, Ivis. I, I didn't have much of a chance to really focus on the Mexico game because I was watching the U.S. men's national team, but. For me, you have to still be, like you said earlier, really concerned about Mexico. I mean, they're just not that good. And Costa Rica really kind of cruised in the second half and really put no pressure on Mexico. And, I mean, it's just very disappointing. But at the same time, though, it's good to see a guy like uh, Sabarillo get a goal, Brian Ruiz get a goal. And for Costa Rica, man, I mean, talk about just a dismantling of Mexico. Well, I mean, it was 2-1. It wasn't like they blew them out. Uh, I would say this about Costa Rica. You know, they, they've uh, I, I come together well in this in this hex. They have a good team. And uh, I, th- I think their coach, uh, the Colombian uh, coach Pinto, has done a really good job with that group. He's really instilled a solid defensive foundation. And, and he's deployed his his the, the attacking weapons he does have, he's deployed them in a good way uh, so that they have proper balance where, you know, Defense is so important on the international level, uh, so you can you can compete in any game, and especially when you're you know a, a lower ranked team like Costa Rica uh, internationally. Uh, if you're going to have any chance against the powers that you're going to face in a World Cup, you want to have that defensive foundation, and I think they've done a good job building that. Um, and then they have the weapons, you know, they have Brian Ruiz, they have Saborio, um, they have quality Celso Borges, who I think is a really good player in Concacaf. They they've got a squad that I I, I don't necessarily think they're going to go three and out at the World Cup. I think they're going to be competitive, and and I think you know I'm not saying they're going to get to the knockout rounds, but I think they're they're not going to be a pushover. Um, as far as the rest of the group, you know Honduras is a little bit of an enigma. Mm-hmm. They have quality. They have some good players, um, but as a team, they're really inconsistent. You know, one game they'll they'll look like world beaters; the next game they'll lay an egg. So that they, they, I'm not sure what we can expect out of them at the World Cup. I think they could be in uh, for a you know a quick they, exit. They, they could be like a wild team, though. This is the second time they've qualified back to back years. Right, and and I'd say I, I don't. You know, this team has more talent than the 2010 team, but that 2010 team had experience, had more experience. They had some veterans on it. Who I help, I think helped you know kind of get them there, and obviously help you know provide some leadership. This Honduras team is a more athletic team, a bit of bit more dynamic team, but they're also a bit more inconsistent. They don't have that kind of experience, but they've got quality, and, and you know, and they got Roger Espinosa, who you know I think a lot of fans, a lot of American fans, still root for and, and respect as a player. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't think you know what I, I'd say this. I think they're going to do better than the 2010 team did, but I, I don't think they're going to do well. I think they're still going to struggle. Their inconsistency is going to cost them. Uh, so I think Costa Rica will do better than Honduras at the uh, at the World Cup. Well, in 2010, they had two losses and one draw. I mean, I think if you're if you're a Honduran fan or, hey, look, I, for me, I, was, I, I, one, would love to see the CONCACAF region in, uh, in, in, the, in the World Cup. I'd love to see, you know, one, I'd love to see Mexico qualify. So you have four teams in there. I'd like to see them all advance out of the group stage. And you kind of also hope that a team like 
and Dar Honduras, excuse me, can find that 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 magic that they had at the uh, London Olympics. And so there it is, Ivis. We've already covered the two teams that have qualified: Costa Rica and Honduras. Mexico, like we said before, still has to play that home and home with New Zealand. I mean, Ivis, I'll say it bluntly: What the hell is wrong with Mexico? <laughs> well, okay, not to make excuses, because uh, by no means am I going to try to. To, to paint a pretty picture about what what all you know everything that's wrong with Mexico right now, but to be fair to them, they are they were missing some play, key players. They have situations where some of their best players are not in good club situations. Obviously, Chicharito is not getting playing time in Man United. His confidence is in the toilet. Uh, you have a player like Andres Guardado, who's been a key to their attack for years now. He's been such a force, a consistent, reliable force on the wing. He is not in form. He didn't even get called in by uh, by Busetich, the the head coach. Now um, you have those guys missing. You have Hector Moreno, the best defender, injured. You have to call in a Rafa Marquez. I mean, a dinosaur, Rafa Marquez. What is going on? What when he is in your when you're forced to start Rafa Marquez? There's a problem. It's officially Defcon Four or whatever Defcon <laughs> is is trouble is is a worry, right? Um, so look, they, they didn't go in with the best. It, it was already shaky. Like you, they had a shaky group going in, uh, but you know, they, it's a, it's, it's a, it's all of that, and then the general lack of confidence, the, the general lack of confidence that has been building for the throughout the year, because this isn't a new thing. They didn't just start struggling last month, two months ago, three months ago. They started, they started the year struggling, and that's the thing. This year, twenty thirteen, has been a nightmare for them. I mean, they. I mean, earlier in the year, they were getting draws. They were they weren't necessarily losing, but they just they were not winning, and that's when you could kind of tell something's up here. This is supposed to be Mexico, uh, golden generation. They're going to win everything. They they're winning every youth tournament there is. What is going on? And and it built up. And I'm telling you, when you go an entire calendar year uh, putting in disappointing results. It catches up with you because you just don't have that confidence as a group. And right now, that team, their confidence is as low as 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 I think any team has ever had. Uh, their confidence has ha- been, uh, especially for them. I don't think they've ever been as low as they are right now. So, they, which is why you know what they should they should still kill New Zealand. New Zealand is not that good this time around, but. With the confidence that they are lacking right now, anything's possible. I, I think the other thing for 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 Mexico too, Ivis, is just like you said. I mean, the confidence of Chicharito just isn't there. I mean, another guy like Do, Dos Santos. I mean, he was a thorn in the side for the U.S. men's national team. Did not look good in the games against the U.S. and and really just hasn't developed into that star that that we kind of were hoping that he would become. It's just it's crazy to see that Mexico where they just have a lot of guys that have just all hit rough patches or the decline of their careers. Yeah, it's it's been kind of a perfect storm there when you look at their best the, the their the players that were supposed to be in the nucleus, right? The players that were supposed to carry them and and be the the building blocks for this group. They've all had their issues. They've all had their issues whether it's Memo Ochoa who, you know, was was a superstar in Mexico. Went to Europe, was doing well, and and then all of a sudden he loses his starting job. He's not even getting called in under previous coaches. You got Carlos Vela, who's who just won't like. I don't know what he just doesn't feel like playing for his national team. We're talking about a guy who absolutely would start for this team if he could bother to play for them, and yet he can't be bothered. He can't be bothered to represent his country, and it's shocking. It's I mean, it's inexcusable. I mean, I don't even know what to say about the guy. 
Uh, but you have that. You have Gio DeSantos, who he's been inconsistent throughout his career because he hasn't had consistent playing time throughout his career. Now he's in Spain. He's at Real. You'd like to think, okay, you know, he, if he gets into a, be- a more settled environment, it'll help him along. But no, it hasn't. He hasn't. He still hasn't become that every game guy that every game he brings it. You know, someone like Brian Ruiz. Costa Rica's Brian Ruiz generally brings it. He generally can get on that field, create chances, be a threat. That's why Brian Ruiz, for me, one of the best players in CONCACAF. Gio Santos is not one of the best players in CONCACAF. So right now, if you're Mexico, who is your leader? If you're Mexico, who's the guy that carries you? Who's your talisman? Who's the person you can count on? Like the U.S. counted on Clint Dempsey in last in the last qualifying round or Josie Altidore in this qualifying round. Uh, they don't have that. They don't have a guy that is going to put a, put put the team on his back and say I'm I'm carrying you guys. I'm and right now the U.S. has a lot of uh, several guys that you could say okay mm-hmm. they can get they can do that. Josie Altador, Michael Bradley, Tim Howard. That you know they have several guys who can who can just be that 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 leader, be that person that carries the team. Mexico is just doesn't have that at all. So you know will they beat New Zealand? I think they still will beat New Zealand. And then from there the question is going to be. Can they in the eight or nine months between not not eight or nine seven or eight months between now and the World Cup, will they be able to rebuild that confidence? Will Will Chicharito find his form? Will Gio De Santos find his consistent form? Will Guardado get his mojo back? Because if those guys don't, those guys don't have it and aren't there come Brazil, then yes, Mexico will get will be three and out. Uh, Mexico plays New Zealand on November 13th. The reason I this why I know Mexico plays New Zealand in New Zealand on November 20th is because whoever was running the U.S. soccer Twitter feed did a fabulous job just smoking and burning Mexico th- and trolling throughout the whole entire night. It was perhaps some of the funniest stuff that I, I have ever seen, and it was um, very well written. And uh, <laughs> whoever did it, congratulations. He did a very good job. Oh, they, they, it was fabulous, uh, and, and the the best part about it is you don't normally get that uh, coming from the U.S. soccer uh, Twitter feed. No, it, never. It, it's usually pretty more straight laced. You don't really see that from team feeds unless you're talking like a Seattle Sounders or Toronto FC and MLS. You might you got a couple of teams that, that or LA Galaxy now they, they they're they're coming with the snark and the uh, and the and the quote unquote trolling. Um, so it was fun. To, it was fun to see. But I tell you what, tw- it was a great night for Twitter. Uh, just to just to have everyone's reactions and 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 I I don't know what the overall numbers were, but I can tell you people were crushing Twitter tonight, and uh you know it, it was great. It was great just kind of seeing all the reactions, and especially on a night like this where things were back and forth. One minute Mexico's in, one minute Mexico's out. It, it, it was just crazy. Yeah, I think I saw that Graham Zuzi was trading. I, I think I saw Go USA, and I think I saw some people trying to get like the De Nada Mexico or You're Welcome Mexico. I'm not sure if those did, but. Uh... Yeah, it was it was fabulous. Also to see like the coverage on ESPN, it was like nonstop soccer all night. Um, the rest of the world qualified teams for the World Cup as well. Ivis, we saw teams like Belgium, Germany, uh, Colombia, Italy, South Korea, Iran, Australia. Those have already qualified, but we saw a lot of other uh, teams qualify for the World Cup. Uh, some very strong teams as well. Spain, uh, Ecuador. You know, a team like France, Ivis, they didn't still have to do the home and home because they were in a group with Spain. So. Uh, not all the uh, not all the teams are in there yet, so we still have another month of uh, qualification before we get all the teams. Well, I tell you what, I woke up this morning in Portland, went over to the four four two soccer bar. The uh, the fine folks there opened up early for for me. 
uh, and for me and some fellow uh, SBI readers who, who got together to watch Egypt and Ghana. And, uh, yeah, it was ugly. I know we were talking about Europe, but I think we need to talk about Ghana and Egypt. It was it was a, it was just a disaster. It was just a disaster, and you have to feel for Bob Bradley and Egypt. Uh, they were always in a, an unenviable situation, but credit to Ghana, they just they, they they took them they took them to the woodshed and they and they just beat them up. Uh, and uh, it's it's over. It's over. I mean, I you know, hey, anything's happen, anything can happen, right? But I, I don't, you know, Ghana's not giving up a five goal lead. It doesn't have. It doesn't matter. So it, it's pretty much over. Mm-hmm. You want to see how 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 Egypt, you know, what they do in the second leg. You like to you like to hope that they can put in a, a respectable effort for for you know for their fans. But uh, it, it's looking like it's going to be a sad ending to what had been an unbelievable run for that team. And what happens to a guy like Rob Bradley? I mean, you have to assume just with what he's been able to do with this country. I mean, he'll, 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 jobs will be lining up for him, right? Well, you know, that's the tough part, right? What what opportunities are out there for him? And the one that I've been talking about, you know, for for a while now is is the um, Australia job. You know, Australia fired their their manager after a couple of ugly losses in, in friendlies, which is makes you scratch your head a little bit. But you know, they're familiar with Bradley. Obviously, you know, they, they for those who remember, the U.S. played Australia uh, in that pre World Cup tune up in South Africa back in 2010. Uh, you'd like to think they're familiar with his work, his 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 resume, and and you know he I think I think he deserves a chance. I think he deserves a chance at the World Cup. I think he could do well with that team. I'm, I mean, look, let's face it, that Australian team has some issues, right? They're not a great team, but you'd like to you'd like to see Bob Bradley have that opportunity. So you know, I, I don't know who is on Australia's shortlist, but. You'd like to think they're going to give Bob Bradley at least an interview. The, the games you're talking about, they got smashed by Brazil and France, both of those games 6-0. to zero. Yeah, Those are uh, it's pretty ugly, Ivis. Yeah, but yeah, it's Brazil and France. I know, like, I know. Give me a break already. Are you kidding me? They, I mean, they, yeah, they lost to Brazil in Brazil in a friendly. I mean, I don't <laughs> And know. France, I, I, and France in France. It's ridiculous. Look, you know what? It, firing your coach, uh, a World Cup team... Firing its coach eight months out because of losing in some friendlies is pretty absurd. But since the job's open, you know what? Give Bob Bradley a chance. You don't th- no club. You don't think, or do you think he's going to go try to get? I, I, don't, I don't know if it's there yet. You know, I, it still goes back to the same thing. You know, there is American coaches don't have reputations as club coaches in Europe. It's kind of that. You know, there's just ha- that breakthrough. We we haven't had that breakthrough yet. Um, you'd like to think if he were if if Bob Bradley were able to get a job that coaching a national team, getting into the World Cup, uh, and then doing well there, then you'd like to think he'd get an opportunity. I don't know if it's I don't know if we're there yet at the point now where your European clubs are going to come calling. I don't know if it's at that point yet. I mean, it'd be great if he got that opportunity, but I don't know if it's there yet. And I think that Australia, if that Australia opportunity does not come about, um, then he's going to have to think about it. And I know some people are talking about MLS. I saw it on Twitter today. I know people were like, "Oh, you know, Toronto FC could could you know back you know splash the cash and this and that." Listen, I don't see Bob Bradley returning to MLS. I just don't see it. You know, he he has bigger aspirations. He did the MLS thing already. He won a title. He, he coached multiple spots. He he won with Chivas USA, which I'm sorry that you deserve a medal for that. You you know what? He made them a power in the Western Conference. He deserves a medal. For that, he showed what he can do in MLS. There's no reason for him to, um, you know, 
There's no reason for him to come back. Well, Ivis, uh, as far as all the teams that have qualified, do you have a favorite yet? Are you going to be a homer and go with, like, Spain and Brazil? I mean, do you want to give us a sexy pick like Colombia, maybe? Well, look, if we want to talk about um, teams that have never won that look like <laughs> they're going to be the picks, uh, the popular, quote-unquote, dark horse picks. Everybody loves Belgium, right? Everybody loves Belgium. And more and more people are loving Colombia. Those are the two kind of popular hipster picks, I can tell you right now. Those are the two teams that everyone's going to jump on the bandwagon on. And I tell you what, Colombia, playing in South America, they're going to have that advantage. Playing in their home continent, they're going to have, they're going to have plenty of Colombian fans making the trip over to Brazil. I think they're going to do well. I think for me, they're a team that that, that uh, can get something done at the World Cup. Beyond that, uh, you know, yes, usual suspects apply. Brazil, they're, they're, they're at home. Argentina, uh, Spain is an older team now, so it's a little. I don't know if they've got enough left in the tank. I think this could be a year where maybe they disappoint. Uh, and then you have Germany. You know, Germany is a team that I think is gaining confidence as a group because of that nucleus of guys that's playing at Bayern Munich and dominating club soccer the way they, Bayern Munich is is dominating now. When when they have that that, that group of, of players there, uh, you know, Schweinsteiger, Muller, Neuer, Lahm. Cruz, they, they've got that group, Mario Goetze, when he comes back, um, Mesut Ozil, who's killing it, cr- crushing it at Arsenal. So they've got that great group of guys, uh, that, great, that, that nucleus that's really strong. So I'd say if you want to pick a quarter, a, a final four without having a bracket, obviously, yet, uh, a final four, I'd go with Germany, Brazil, um, Argentina, and uh, Colombia. We'll have three South American teams wow. in Germany. There you go. Wow. Maybe, maybe you know, I have to mix it up. Obviously, it's not going it, it to probably, – it's probably impossible for that to happen because, you know, the way the, the brackets will be. But you have them. You have the Netherlands as another team. I think Spain's going to disappoint. I think – I love Spain. I love watching them play. They play they play great stuff. But I think they're just an older group now. You know, they're an older group that, that you know, the Xavi and Iniesta, they're older now. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if they got it anymore. Yeah, they're old. They're like 29, 30 years old. <laughs> Yeah, they played a million games. I know, you know? I know. It's so funny when you think. They got like, a lot of miles. I, I'm almost that age. Like, that no, makes listen, me old. Xavi is not 30. Xavi is like 34 already, so he's, he's older. Um, also, you know South America can still qualify another team. Uruguay has a game against Jordan, which they should win in that one. So Uruguay, I mean, they're going to be another tough team too. Well, obviously, they were a top four team in the last World Cup. Um, they, they've got they've got that trio, Cavani, Furlan, and uh, Hannibal the Cannibal. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Luis Suarez. So they <laughs> They'll be good to. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they'll be as strong as they were last time around. But they are a seeded team, so there you go. Um, so it's a, it's interesting, man. The World Cup's around the corner. It'll be here before you know it, and uh, we're about we're less than two months away now from the draw, and I'm looking forward to it. Also, and the most devastating news about the World Cup is Italy has banned their players from tweeting. So we have no Mario Balotelli antics during the World Cup. I guess it's very disappointing. It's pretty shocking. I mean, when you, he, he he's the only player who he's the only soccer player who made the SI Twitter 100, and now he's not even going to tweet. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's just gonna you know I'm just gonna have to pick up the slack since you know we're we're, we're that small group of guys in that in that uh, prestigious fraternity. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to set my game up. Wait, what fraternity is that? The SI Twitter 100, man. Come on. Oh, 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 oh. That, yeah, totally. Uh, that went over my head. <laughs> Come on. Man. It's like. <laughs> 
It's like my biggest honor of the year, and you're just totally crapping on it. Uh, With your bo- bottle cap, bottle cap background noises. Ivis, um, is this a Coca-Cola commercial? What are you doing? No, it's this? not. Ivis, listen, congratulations. It's all right. It's too late. It's a month ago already. <laughs> um, all right. So, okay. We really have kind of no more national team news to talk about. We need to talk about your trip to Portland, visiting your second family. How's everything going up there? <laughs> uh, it's been great, man. It has been, it's been, it's, I don't want to, I'm not going to say it's a perfect trip. Like, I could have coordinated it better. There's still some things that I, you know, I wish I honestly, I wish I had one more day. You know, I, I would have gone to the to Powell book Powell. I think it's Powell's bookstore, really, really uh, famous bookstore. Uh, and then obviously all the great places to eat and drink here. It, it's just it's a great city, man. The vibe, and, and I've been lucky enough. The weather has been perfect while I've been here. I think everyone I meet that's from here thanks me for the weather because they think I brought it. Even though hey, I'm from Jersey, I don't think the weather's great there right now either. But uh. I tell you what, one of the interesting moments for me was uh, on Monday. I went over to the to Jeldwin and, and uh, checked out the Timbers Seattle Sounders reserve game. And uh, after the match, you know, I'm hanging out in Jel- uh, by the Sounders locker room, and Siggy Schmidt comes out, and he did not look happy. Let me tell you. So I caught up with him, talked to him a bit, and uh, I was he he pretty much doubled down on all his criticisms of Sunday night from Sunday night, where he ripped in the Will Johnson. He ripped, he ripped into the Timbers, Diego Chara, for the foul on Clint Dempsey. He he just went off about it, you know. And uh, it, it was, I was a little I was a little surprised by it, but then not really because you know what he's not going to back down. Uh, but what what I did find interesting was him pointing out the fact that uh, the Galaxy can have Landon Donovan, you know, come back and play for his team away from national team duty. But yet Seattle has its guys called up, so he's clearly not happy about it. He, him, and you know, I know, I know him and Siggy Schmidt, Jurgen, supposed to be BFFs. Uh, I don't know. I think I don't. I don't think he's that happy with his fellow uh, German-born guy. I don't think he's. You know, there might be trouble there. Maybe they're just BFs now, no longer BFFs. So what's uh, so does BF stand for? I think best friends, but but BFF is best friends forever. Maybe they're not forever anymore. Maybe that's the issue. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not sounding too good. I don't think he's happy. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I I would say one of the th- it, it was good to hear him. Uh, he sounded confident that yeah that the Sounders can still turn things around. And uh, you know I I know some people are already starting to write them off, looking at this three game losing streak and thinking okay they're done. They're not going to turn it around. There's not enough time left. But you know what? It's MLS. Even if you go in, even if you back into the playoffs, you can still get hot. They wouldn't be the first team to have a rough le- a month of the last month of the season and turn it around and go into the and playoffs and go on a run. It's happened before. It could happen again. And it, and all it takes for them to get healthy, you know. They, I mean, I don't know what's going on with with Alonzo. I mean, as soon as he stops elbowing people in the throat, I think he, you know it gets on the field. Stop getting red cards. Uh, I think they'll be a lot better off. And Eddie Johnson, that's the, one of the big questions for them is Eddie Johnson. Is he going to be back um, in time? You know, they, I, there's been some rumors and rumblings that maybe his injury is more serious than first thought. I haven't been able to confirm that. Siggy Schmidt wouldn't uh, confirm that or deny that. Um, but if they don't have Eddie Johnson for the rest of this regular season, you know, they, it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough for them. So uh, it bears watching just how that team comes together. Clint Dempsey, you don't know what's going on with his shoulder. Uh, I don't think they they released any information on his injury. If that's a serious injury as well, 
and they don't have Eddie Johnson and or Clint Dempsey for the for the last couple games here. The, it's it's, uh, it's going to be tough. How was the uh, reserve league game to end in a thrilling scoreless draw? It was actually four one Sounders. No way, four yeah. goals in a reserve league game. There were five goals. Uh, it was a pretty good. Uh, Seattle did pretty well. They, uh, uh, our boy Andy Rose, a nice header goal. He, uh, he looked pretty good there. Uh, our boy? Little... He's my well, boy? I didn't know that. He's West Coast, kind of, so there you go. He's, he's I thought I got, I got killed for saying Arizona's on the West Coast, so I can't. I can't, I can't Pacific I can't. time zone, does that count? I mean, yeah, I that's know. fine. We can do that. Well, except, except Arizona, we don't do daylight savings, so we're actually in the Pacific and Mountain time zones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in our state. I know. Arizona <laughs> just, you know, always has to go against the grain. Right. Well, you know, it's a, it was interesting. I mean, what I would say about the reserve game is, uh, you know, they had a good crowd. They had a, they had a couple thousand fans out there. And when the when the Timbers scored their goal, uh, they scored, you know, they lost 4-1. They scored a goal to make it, I think it was to make it 1-1, and uh crowd went nuts there. It was, it, I, I'm not going to take any, any uh, unnecessary cheap shots at any other teams in the league, but uh, their crowd would not have been the smallest crowd in MLS this year. I'll just put it at that. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not calling anybody out, not naming any names. I'm just going to say that the Timbers Reserve game drew pretty well. And to be fair, it was Columbus Day. People were off. So why not come down and gel Gwen and uh, check it out? Yeah, come on. It's an off day. People aren't at work. Come on. You're, you're, being, you're being a little harsh no. there, Ivis. No, hey, you're listen. You're being they draw, a little mean, man. They actually draw well for the Reserve games. They probably draw better. They do very well. Right. They do they do well. They it's soccer, you know, soccer city. <laughs> All right, well, Ivis, we've reached the end of the show. You know what that means. SBI Q and A. Send your questions in on Twitter, hashtag ask the SBI show in uh in, I don't know, I mean take what you want from this news. Ivis was training in Houston earlier today. So Houston must <laughs> Houston must suck. So you know. Don't don't hate, man. Don't hate. Don't hate the player. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, first question comes from Danny Carrillo. U.S. men's national team spoke about how Mexico and World Cup helps region. How much does it help if a team with two wins in hex can make World Cup? Doesn't matter, Danny. It does not matter. You know what? When you get to the World Cup, it's not like they they list your your qualifying record next to your name in uh, you know in these games. It means nothing. What matters is getting there. Right now, Concacaf gets three and a half spots, so. You know what? You're gonna you can have that situation where a team finishes fourth, doesn't have the greatest record, and they get in, and it doesn't matter. That that's the format. What matters is how you do when you get there. And I'll tell you this: Mexico has had qualifiers, qualifying tournaments before, where they didn't play well, and they still managed to get out of their group. So I don't think we should assume that because they've had this really, really forgettable mm-hmm. qualifying cycle that they're necessarily going to be that bad in Brazil. I just it's not that simple. It doesn't it doesn't happen that way. I mean, we we've had just to give you an example, I mean, the US in 2006, the 2006, mm-hmm. 2006 World Cup, the US had a great qualifying cycle. They won the hex, beat Mexico, they did the whole thing, they got to, they got to Germany and they got smoked. They got smoked. Check about uh, is it Czech Republic then? Czechoslovakia? I don't remember. I don't know what they were called at the time. But they uh, were U.S. Czech Republic. Czech, it was, yeah, it was Czech Republic. You're right. Czech Republic. It smoked the U.S. in the first game. Got to beat U.S. in the last game. And they were, they were three and out, right? So, I mean, in Mexico, I, I believe in 2002, for that World Cup qualifying cycle, they struggled to qualify. And guess what? They got to the round of 16, 
and then they lost to the U.S. So it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a bad World Cup group stage. It, it still boils down to, to, to the way the groups are, the way they line up, and yeah. if you end up in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a group that's that's reasonable. If it, it, like like we said earlier, if they have things turn around for them, if Chicharito starts getting some playing time and getting his confidence back, if Andres Guardado can regain his form. If Hector Moreno can get healthy and be back to being the best center back they have, Gio De Santos, if he can get consistent, they they can put it they can put it back together. They can they can still do something at the World Cup. So I wouldn't write them off just because they're being terrible right now. Assuming assuming they beat New Zealand. Uh, next question comes from Kevin Prince. Do you want MLS to switch to the FIFA schedule in the coming years? I say yes if Phoenix gets a team. If we don't, then I say no. Well, well, that's never happening. So exactly. So no. no. So the answer is no, then. And no, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it needs to happen. I think MLS is in a good spot right now. Doesn't need to change. I, I think it's fine the way it is. Uh, next question comes from Andrew. The day as a G's fan, I worry Zardis is hot, and I'll think he'll develop. But a year or two, does LA have an aging problem? Andrew, are you paying attention to your own team? How could you possibly say they've got an aging problem? They've got as much good young talent as as any team in the league. That you know, let's let's just rattle off the names, shall we? Okay, Jesse Zardes, Jose Villarreal, Jack McBean, Oscar Sorto. I mean, right there, you got a good group of guys. Kofi Opare, a rookie who's looked good playing start getting starts at center back. Omar Gonzalez, who who what is he? Twenty four, twenty five? Is he getting old? You just signed him to a three year deal. Where's he going? Uh, so you, so you left back. Okay, you got. Some, do you have some aging players? Yes. Robbie Keane's not getting any younger. Todd Donovan's not getting any younger. Landon Donovan's, you know, on thirty. Is he thirty now? I think he's thirty now. Uh, so in a couple of years, yes, you're gonna have some guys move on, but they've got a ton of young talent there, and you've got Bruce Arena, who every year in the draft finds gems. He finds guys that help can help you. Greg Cochran. Uh, a guy who teams, uh, so many teams passed on that could have used him. I tell you what, Greg Cochran will be starting at left back at a certain at some point between now and a year or two from now. He's going to be starting a left back for the Galaxy, and he's going to be a good he's going to be a good left back. Bruce Arena's a good judge of talent. He's going to he's going to go in the draft and get some gems, and then they have a boatload of talent coming up in their academy. I mean, as Garrett can tell you, Garrett's familiar. Well, 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 I don't no, know no, about no. that. That wasn't a, a certain uh, academy uh, that I work for laid some oh, wood, uh, laid go. some wood on their academy. So, oh, uh, here we go. Wait, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, um, so you, I mean, it, 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 look, Paul Ariola came out of there. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry. They've got a lot of young talent. Jesse's artist is gonna is gonna be good. Jose Real is gonna be a star. Jack McBean's coming along well. Oscar Sorto could be. You know, I, I think he's gonna be a solid right back in the league when he gets his opportunity. So you're you're doing all right right now. I would I, I wouldn't look at it that way. I mean, yes, Robbie Keane's day will come. He'll be old. You want to move him on, but guess what? Galaxy have money. They'll go get another DP exactly, and they'll be fine. Um, since I'm the unofficial stat boy in the show, Ivis Landon Donovan is 31 years old. Omar Gonzalez is 25. I think you can also throw a guy like AJ De La Garza on there. He's 25 years old, and also I want to say the Galaxy Academy is very talented. How um, right? Yeah. So I mean, come on. You got you got Gonzalez and, and Delo Garza, both twenty five. Uh, that is not old. I nope. mean, so it's not an old team. I wouldn't say that by any means. And Sean Franklin's twenty eight. I mean, he still has. I mean, he's not. He's not that old. I mean, yeah. Galaxy defensively, they, they look pretty solid right there. Uh, next question 
Ivis, I lost it there, comes from Will. Does Bob Bradley's failure reflect, reflect negatively on the quality of U.S. coaches? Will. Really? <laughs> Bob Bradley's failure. Is it really Bob Bradley's failure? Is it really is it Bob Bradley's fault that the Egyptian league was shut down since June and fourteen of his starters, his best players, couldn't play? No, it wasn't. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not putting this one on Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley didn't pick Ghana. Bob Bradley didn't say, "Hey, I want to play Ghana. I want to play the best team in Africa in my in my World Cup playoff." So you know what? Easy with, the, with calling it a failure. Yes, they didn't get it done, but he did a good job with this group. He did better, I think, than anyone could have done in the same circumstances. He got more out of that group than I think anybody could have gotten out of that group. So I, I'd say, if anything, he's done wonders for for American soccer representing this country. And uh, I, I, I don't know how anyone could look at what he did there and say that it could be a detriment to American coaching. That's ridiculous. Uh, next question comes from James Lukakovic. It's a two-parter. Uh, when will every game in MLS stop being billed as a rivalry or rivalry in the making? Can't we just acknowledge that most teams have history at this point? Um, I don't know, James. Is this a problem? Is this really a problem that you need to give me a two, a two tweet, two part question about? Is it that serious? No. I mean, come on, settle down. I mean, there's nothing wrong with rivalries. You have your geographic rivalries. You have your, you know, Rocky Mountain Cup, Colorado, Real Salt Lake. And, and then you can have other rivalries that develop, just uh, whether it's meeting in the playoffs multiple times, that you know, that kind of thing, or maybe an incident, uh, you know, so, to, you know, Colorado-Seattle with the whole Brian Mullins-Akawani broken leg thing. I mean, that turned into something for a while. It, they're, it's not necessarily that they're always rivalries, but they're storylines. Team get matchups in this league – there, there tend to be some good storylines. So there's nothing wrong with playing up storylines. Um, forcing rivalries, is that a problem? Maybe it can be a little bit of a problem. You know, maybe the, maybe the league plays up certain rivalries that aren't all that much rivalries. Like the super classico between Chivas USA and LA Galaxy. It's kind of ridiculous. Hey, I was there. It was pretty exciting and intense. <laughs> they, right. But they should not call it super. It's not super about the super classico. Um, but you know what? So who cares, right? I mean, if they, if you're, you're trying to drum up interest, you're trying to pump things up. I mean, I get, I, I'm sure I get where you're coming from where it, it, maybe it does it diminish or distract away from the true rivalries in the league. I don't know, man. I don't think it's that big a deal. I think if if, if the league wants to try to promote more matchups, uh, you know what? That's fine, man. Who cares, really? I mean, is it bothering anybody, really? I don't know. I don't know. It bothers James. James. Well, uh, his 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 handle says Arch Guy looking for something to do. So clearly, he's just <laughs> he's just trying to get a question on the show. Congratulations, but, James. Uh, James, I will say this: there are ri- people who follow the league closely, like you do yourself. You're all decked out in your Rapids attire, you know what the rivalries are in this league. You know the rivalries, or you should know, you should know what the rivalries are that matter to people, whether it's Colorado, Real Salt Lake, whether it's LA, San Jose, DC, New York, now DC, Philly, uh, Houston, Dallas. Um, so that, you know what? There's rivalries in this league. And there's also some weird ones as well. I mean, TFC Columbus. I mean, who gets who gets that one, right? Houston Sporting Kansas City. I mean, there's nothing geographic going on there, but they they played each other in the playoffs a bunch of times. There's you know, Houston's had KC's number. There's a rivalry there. LA Seattle. 
Ellie and Seattle aren't near each other, but guess what? They played in the playoffs a bunch of times. Uh, there's the Siggy Schmidt with Serena dynamic, so there's been a rivalry now. Uh, so, but we all know the big ones. The ones I just mentioned, and then obviously Portland-Seattle. Portland-Seattle is the rivalry in the league. I mean, I know some people might argue that, but I'm sorry. You're just not going to... You're not going to win that argument. It, 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 the proof's in the pudding. You come to those games, you see the the just how deep deep seated the hatred is and the the passion is in these stadiums. Whether it's Geldwin or CenturyLink, I've been lucky enough to be at CenturyLink for Sounders Timbers, and I've now thanks to this Sunday, I've, I've been lucky enough to be at Geldwin for Timber Sounders. So uh, that's the cream of the crop. There are those rivalries that should be on a pedestal. That should be celebrated more, should be focused on more. Yes, James, I'll give you that. But if someone wants to say, hey, Sport of Kansas City and Houston, clash, uh, you know, there's history there, that's fine, man. It's called promoting the league. Uh, just let it go. Final question comes from Rod. Why don't you put your phones on silent during the show? My phone's, like, usually dead by this point, so I think he's actually asking you that question, Ivis. Ah, uh, you know, last show I forgot to turn my phone off. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I guess it may, did, Rod, did it make you think your phone was ringing or something? Is that what it was? Would it, listen, I, I'll, I'll work, try really hard to make sure that doesn't happen again. And then, uh, and you know, I'll, I'll work on that. I'll, I'll make sure, you know, it doesn't, you know, I'm not making all kinds of noise. Oh, sorry. Uh, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'll try to make sure, oops, sorry. I'll try to make sure it doesn't happen again. If we were in a professional studio, then we should have no excuse. But since we're recording off of our computers and, the most random locations across the U.S. We, we we get a pass, I think. Yeah, I mean we're we're working on it, Rod. We're gonna keep we're gonna we're gonna keep trying it, trying to get better. You know, it's it's show number eighty, so we're trying to get there. I I, I will say this. I know I'm yeah, surprised yeah. we've made it to eighty. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I will I say this. It's been great, uh, and you know that's the that's the last one, the Q and A. Uh, it's been great now to to travel these last few weeks and meet. More and more of not only our readers on SBI, but more and more listeners. Uh, it's getting to, to the point now where a good majority of the people that I meet are listening to the show. And that's great to hear, uh, you know, because, you know, the fact that you guys listen that regularly, despite Garrett being really annoying, it, it's huge. Thanks. And, you know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but it, it means a lot. And, uh, you know, we will try to keep getting better. We'll try to get some, get the guests back into the rotation, uh, step it up so we can, you know, keep trying to be the best show out there. Uh, or one of the best, at least one of the ones you want to turn to the, for your analysis and your, uh, you know, your, your just rants and pointless banter about all things, all silly things that are out there. We'll try to keep bringing you that. So I, I would say thank you to all of you that I've met. In my travels, you know, can't whether it's you know this trip now at Kansas City and Portland, uh, I've been lucky enough to meet uh, some people. Whether it's the the folks in AOKC or the uh, or, or the the friendly folks here at AOPDX who, who, who you know hosted their event tonight, got to meet a few listeners tonight, and that was great. So uh, thank you for listening. Keep keep listening and keep uh, you know supporting us, and, and we're gonna keep trying to improve the product. And I, I think we've done a pretty good job and, and Garrett's done a really good job to, to keep the show rolling and producing it and we're, we're trying to get there we're trying to get there so uh, th thanks for keep supporting us I refuse to meet people who listen to the show because the last time that happened they expected some like five foot one ginger to walk over <laughs> they expected Chucky from Child's Play yeah they looked at me and they're like oh so you're Garrett I was like yeah like I did not expect that I was like what is that supposed to mean <laughs>
Oh man. Well, you know, it, it, one thing one thing we're going to do at MLS Cup, wherever that may be, we'll be sure to get some nice pictures of us together so uh you know people can see us together. And uh it's funny because tonight tonight in Portland some uh, you know I met a couple of listeners and they were asking they were like, "So, have you guys really never met yeah. or or is that, is that some shtick for the show?" And I was like, "No, we just we've never met." So, MLS Cup, it's going to go down. We're going to meet. It's going to be like it's going to be like that uh, the episode of Catfish when the two people finally meet and it's like, "Okay, then I'll know for sure that you're really not a ginger. Until <laughs> I'm then. not. For, I do. My hair is like crazy short, like almost kind of like Gareth Bell. Like when my hair sh- when my hair grows out, it's like it turns red. <laughs> like Paul Scholes? Okay. Yeah, like it, it gets like my beard. Like, my, you know, I, I shaved it down and then it's like it's dark right now. When it grows out, it turns really red. It's like, well, Alexi, like, like Alexi Lawless almost. There you go. Yeah, see, well, that, see that's what we need. I need a picture with Alexi so we can determine how close. I will invite him. To the SBI show party in at MLS Cup, and uh, one one good thing from this trip, I think I have secured potential locations in Portland and Seattle as potential venues for MLS uh, for the for our MLS Cup party and Kansas City actually. So uh, that's right there. That's three of the ten potential uh, you know locations because all three of those could could host MLS Cup. So. Between those three and, and New York, obviously, I'm going to be working on New York. You know, I live in, in, the, in the New York market, so I won't have a problem finding a place in New York to, to have our party. But uh, we're, we're going to make sure we have a, have a good spot for, for the party that we're going to do on the Friday before MLS Cup. And, you know, hopefully wherever MLS Cup is, uh, we're going to have a lot of you listeners uh, coming out for it because uh, MLS Cup's an experience. You know, it's a, even if your team's not in it, I, I think it's great when uh, you have fans just kind of Try to make it an event, and uh, hopefully MLS does uh, does try to make, keep it an event. Uh, it's a little different now that that it's going to be hosted at the at the home team's venue uh, instead of uh, you know in a neutral site where you could plan like a year in advance uh, your trip to MLS Cup. It's going to be tough. I, I know I know from that standpoint, it's going to be tough for people to travel. You know, if they find out on two weeks' notice, okay, I got to go to Portland or I got to go to New York or. You know, but hopefully there's still uh, opportunity for a lot of people to to make it out wherever it is. God, New York in December. Do you know how cold it's gonna be? No, I thank live there. You. I no live there. Thank you. Stop being a baby. It needs to be in L.A. or Houston. At least those places are gonna be somewhat warm. That, uh, that good. I don't. It's tough. It's 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 highly unlikely. It's. I don't think Houston has a better record than anyone in in the playoff positions in in the West. So I think it's probably close to mathematically impossible that it's in Houston. I think best bets for weather-wise, it's probably LA. Yes. People are going to have to for LA to, to, to end up hosting, but you know, I, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting. But, see, but the problem is like, if it's in LA, it's like, where do you have the party? LA's so big. I mean, do, do you like to hang out in Hollywood or well, we hang out in West it, Hollywood we, or Santa Monica well, we, or do you go down the, to like OC? We did the party in 2011 at MLS Cup in LA and we actually did it in downtown LA. Uh, not far from the official league hotel, uh, where where a lot of the events were held, and we had a great turnout. So it, I agree with you; it's tough. You know, LA is so spread out. You know, where do you have it? Where do you have the party? Um, and downtown's tough, depending on where people are staying. Um, but I thought we, we we had a pretty good turnout. I don't, honestly, I don't know where uh, if it's in LA. I don't know where we would have it. Uh, I've got to check that out. I mean, we could have it in the same place that we had it in 2011. That wasn't too bad. What was that so place? Uh, uh, Seven Bar Lounge, uh, downtown LA. Uh, nice plug for them. Uh, you know they were great. The owner was great. Uh, we had a good time there. We uh, we popped some bottles. We had a, you know we had a 
We had a nice turnout of uh, MLS uh, celebs, you know, player coaches, uh, the like. But uh, we'll see. We'll see where it is. It's uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can build this up into a pretty good party. I, I know we're not going to be the only game in town when it comes to parties. I'm sure other entities will be trying to you know put together some parties, but we will hopefully be able to put together a, a really good party for our. SBI readers and our SBI show listeners. Wow, dude, you were actually in downtown LA. Huh, I've never, uh, never, never been in that area. Yeah, it wasn't. I'd tell you what, it was bad. and uh, not just our turnout of our, you know, the SBI people, but uh, but then there were, you know, the locals or the, you know, the people who weren't there for us, and uh, it was a pretty good mix. I gotta say, I dude, gotta say. I, I say we have the party if it's in LA, like at Santa Monica or like down on the peninsula in Newport. That's where it should be. Have we? No, that's not happening on my watch, buddy. Do you know? Oh my God! Have you been on the peninsula? Oh, that's not how I roll, my man. What's that supposed to mean? That's just that's not my steel. Oh my God! <laughs> that's not my steez. I know exactly where you're going with this. All right, I was that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I know exactly what you're gonna say. Um, nah, you know what? I tell you what. There's some good spots in Hollywood too. We could, we could yeah, we there. can do West Hollywood. West Hollywood's not cool. bad. That's where that's where I'm always in my stomping grounds on a mountain in LA. There's some good clubs in Hollywood area. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, Davis. Well, let, let's wrap. Let's wrap up the show, man. You have a. Uh, you got to catch a flight tomorrow to go back to your first family back in Jersey. My first family. <laughs> nice. <laughs> One family's enough. Um. Uh, I mean, anything we missed on the show? I think. I think we got everything. We covered quite a bit. Yes. Um. I think that's it. We'll, we'll be back on uh, on Friday, talking about the weekend uh, and MLS action and. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty to talk about that we, we will we we forgotten now but i'm sure it'll come up uh in the next show so yes yes we'll have a show friday morning for everyone leading into the weekend well ivis i'll let you go i'll talk to you later this week and uh, have safe travels tomorrow thanks man and as always everyone thank you for your questions thank you for your support thank you for the comments and everything else everything else you do for us this is the sbi show